You're listening to the Podcasting for Influence podcast. The reason why I'm telling this to you is because this bonus episode that you are listening to right now is an episode that was initially created for one of my previous podcasts called the Podcast Interview Mastery Show that I hosted from September 2020 to March 2021 until I decided to launch the Podcasting for Influence podcast. So I just wanted to let you know that since these bonus episodes were initially created for the podcast interview mastery show, you will hear that podcast official intro and outro, so just don't be surprised. Basically, I didn't change anything in terms of the content. I just decided to release these older episodes on the Podcasting for Influence podcast as well, because I believe that the information can be really helpful, especially for those of you who have interview shows. In these bonus episodes, you can learn more about interviewing and hosting skills from incredible podcasters such as Jordan Harbinger, John Lee Dumas, David Hooper, Dave Jackson, just to name a few. You see, in order to become more influential, you have to conduct great interviews, interviews that elicit insights that your listeners deeply resonate with. So with interviews, you have to be able to create content that inspires your listeners and helps them achieve their goals and overcome their struggles. So without any further ado, my friend, please enjoy today's podcast interview mastery bonus episode on the Podcasting for Influence podcast. The question is, can you create content good enough that has people begging for more? Most people just think, I'll grab a microphone and say something. Oh, and it's just a show. And it's interesting because the people who don't invest in high-end microphones to treat it seriously, the artwork also doesn't match, the website doesn't match, and overall, it's just a lower quality production. Well, no one's jumping out of the woodwork to go, wow, how do you be average? Are you ready to become a world-class interviewer, stand out with your podcast, and create an incredible audio experience for your listeners so that they keep coming back to your show and become raving fans? Welcome to the Podcast Interview Mastery, a weekly interview show where you will hear world-class podcast hosts and interviewers share their stories, tips, and strategies on how to become a master interviewer and hone your craft as a host. Are you ready to boost your confidence and inspire the masses? If so, buckle up, my friend, because this podcast will show you how. I'm your host, Tibor Nod, founder and host of the top-ranked Mindset Horizon podcast. Welcome, my friend, back to the podcast interview mastery show. I'm super grateful for you tuning into this podcast today. I really hope that today's episode is going to be highly valuable to you. But before we dive in, I wanted to mention that I've created a Facebook group called the Podcast Interview Nation Community, where we can support each other along the way to the top. If you feel inspired to join this community of dedicated podcast hosts who are serious about their show and aiming to become world-class, join the community at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash interview nation. That's again, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash interview nation. I'm more than excited to welcome you and connect with you in the Facebook group. And now let me introduce today's guest. So today I'm joined by Mario Faschini, who spent years as a dead broke consultant, wasting too much time chasing down the wrong clients, 
believing in his heart that the sky is the limit, but waking up every day feeling like because of his background, for him the limits the sky. Until he created a simple and easy blueprint to attract prospects to him with little effort using the tools and knowledge that he already had in his business at his everyday disposal. Now he is one of the most in-demand client acquisition strategists in the country, having clients now apply for his training, thanking him for the opportunity and sharing in the joy of creating the transformation in their business, which they do in 59 days or less, that he's had the blessing of experiencing in his, having helped his clients in total generate over $1 million in new sales. At the beginning of today's episode, we talk about Mario's podcasting journey and how he started his podcast EA Interviews. We talk about Mario's interviewing style and his overarching hosting philosophy. In the middle of the episode, we have a deep dive into video podcasting. Mario not only shares how to become better at interviews when you conduct video interviews, but he also shares some killer tips on how to set up your video podcasting studio. Closer to the end, we talk about the difference between live streaming and video podcasting, and Mario recommends a super awesome book to the listeners that can help them take their communication and hosting skills to the next level. If you want to find out more about today's guest, then check out the free resources, interview tips, book recommendations, and detailed show notes. Simply head over to our website, mindsethorizon.com forward slash interview. That's again, mindsethorizon.com forward slash interview. And so without any further ado, let's welcome today's guest. Hi, Mario, and welcome to the Podcast Interview Mastery Show. Tibor, it's a great day to share with your audience. Mario, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And I'm super excited to hear more about your podcasting journey first and the mission of your show and talk a little bit more about how to become a great interviewer. So First off, talk to us a little bit more about your journey with podcasting and why you started podcasting in the first place. I have been familiar with uh, my backgrounds in video production, special effects, animation, and really the business side of things with client acquisition. So the podcasting I've known about for quite some time, but it just never really interested me, to be honest. I am extremely visual. So taking away all the special effects, animation, colors, and all that, and just boiling it down to audio, I was like, it's cool. I see it. (laughs) I just wasn't interested. No harm, no foul. I just wasn't interested. I was working on publishing my books and helping my clients and public speaking and things. I just wasn't interested. The irony is my company had been helping others with their podcast. We were helping them with the, in some cases, video, in all the cases, audio, the artwork, the promotion, the marketing. So it was like 80, 90%. I had been doing the public speaking. I I had uh, multiple books at this point that I had published. And I really like, you know, the client acquisition and marketing side of things. Again, just wasn't really interested. And I was even doing some of my own live events. I was always doing video. I would do snippets of video. Uh, pre, like if I was out, you know, you and I are at a conference. Hey, we're having a great time here. But record it on the phone real quick. Put it onto Facebook, social, all of those. And it was, you know, pre-recorded, but I'd upload it, you know, 60 seconds later. And then live streaming came out. 
you know, live streaming has been around for it's nothing new. It's been around for decades. But when Facebook made it accessible, now it was easy to live stream everything. So between the pre-recorded from, you know, a decade or two ago to the live stream when Facebook dropped in 2016, I've done over 4,000 videos. Wow. So people were saying, oh, I love your show. I love your events. I love this. And in my mind, I was like, what the heck are they talking about? I don't have a show. I don't have any <laughs> events. I don't have, the, you, you know, in this whole time, I'm just sitting here beating myself up because the perception was I did have books and I was public speaking. But when I was promoting everyone else's events, some there was, I was doing it so much, they thought it was mine. And the same thing with all these other shows, they thought they were my shows. Now, in some instances, we were producing some of them but I was never hosting. And then it was an all internal flip for me. There was a, a time in uh, my life, 2016, when I launched my signature program and now brand, I, I made the conscious decision to play at a higher level. The truth is I've been doing all of this since 2010, 2012. I just was, you know, doing it here and there. I never really was doing it like cohesive. It was just kind of here and there. 2016, I decided I'm going to do this big. So I wrote my book on what I'd been teaching for six years. I just didn't have a book on it. So that's the expert authority effect. And that's my signature training. I also had been talking on it. So I started putting those assets in place. So now I have this course, I have the training, I have all these things, and I kind of did this backwards compared to most people. But, you know, I know other people that started just like me, and there's no right or wrong way to do it. There's just your way. So 2016 was a turning point, and I also did my first major live event. And this one, this one was mine, and it was awesome. Everyone wow. knew about it. Everyone wanted to go, and it was fantastic. And it felt great because it was the expert authority effect live. And it was a celebration of, I'm thankful for the people I get to help and work with with business book publishing. So I told them it was my book launch party, but it was really celebrating their achievements because I did have an award ceremony. I just didn't tell anyone until about an hour into the actual event. So I wanted to, you know, give back and do something because there, you can have a very successful business online, but I really like connecting with people. And I had people, you know, fly in from uh, the West Coast of the U.S. and the different areas around the country. And it wasn't just local. And it was a big thing for me because I had been doing so much for everyone else you know, I, I would have been happy if it was all local, but when people were like, you know, where do you have a hotel? I was like, you're going to fly in. It, it was a big deal because, you know, I've done it hundreds of times, but I'm yeah, thinking yeah. someone's going to fly in for me. And one of my clients who flew in for my event, who I had met at someone else's, she gave me the biggest compliment because not only did she fly in and come in, she goes, you, you put on one of the best events I've ever been to. And I know we've been at some of the same ones together, and I didn't take that lightly because, you know, numbers wise, I had around 100 ish, maybe just over people there. And 
the other ones I've spoke at are 300 to a thousand plus 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 and it meant a lot. So that's 2016 and everything's going great. I mean, I'm, I'm wow. hearing myself tell the story and I'm like, wow, that does sound good. And it's like, yeah, it was. And then uh, life sucked. Um, I lost my dad 2017. And it, it, um, it sucked because everything was going great and it felt like everything got ripped out uh, from under me. And so I had to deal with that and it took some time and it took actually a lot of time. And I'd be lying if I said, yeah, I'm completely over it and all of that. But here's the deal. When you hit rock bottom, whatever it is, because I had had many low points. <laughs> you know, when did you start your business? I always say, which time? I Whoa. did not think it could get much lower, but I assure you it did. And for a while, I just was kind of there. I was thankful I had friends, I had family, and I, you know, business was still going Thank God I had served so many people the previous, you know, I've been doing this full time since 08. So it had been just under a decade. I had, you know, sewn into people, served in a lot of stuff. So I was still getting referrals. I was still, you know, doing what I love, which is help people publish their business books and use it for leads and profit generating. And I, I can do it in my sleep. So that that's the good news. Because frankly, 90% of my time wasn't on self-improving me and writing a new book and launching a show and, you know, just stuff you normally take your time up with. It was just wondering what the hell happened. And, wow. you know, so I was able to continue moving forward, albeit a lot slower and not my normal pace. But that was April 2017. I lost dad on Good Friday. And then August of 2018, I was at church listening to the sermon, and I remember hearing, are you honoring God in your work? And I kind of like smirked and was like, yeah, kind of, mostly. And then, you know, there's mm -hmm. that left and right shoulder angel and devil going, no, you're lying to yourself. You know, no, you're not. And I go, okay, I'm getting going to get real honesty. And the answer was, not really. I wasn't doing a whole lot of things. If I couldn't do it automatically without thinking, which thankfully part of business was because I got to that point. But if it took more than five minutes worth of effort or me trying, I was like, I'm not interested right now. But it brought me to this point where that day I go, well, I can't go the next decade or the next 35 years just not doing anything. I go, what am I going to do with act two of my life? Because it's not the second half. At this point would have only been 35, I believe. And so I counted the first 35 years as Act 1. Act 2 is the next 35. And I fully believe I'm going to live past 100 and there's going to be an Act 3. So I'm like, I got a lot of time left. This still sucks. But what am I going to do? And it dawned on me. God gave me the vision for the show because... I have been in band, choir, and drama. I have a background in video production. I've modeled and I've helped a ton of people. Everyone already thought I had a show. Everyone already thought I had events. And the truth is, even though I felt like crap, 
I had done everything I had talked about. And back when I had started a decade prior, one of my goals was to have a show to bring back the good values the country was founded on and inspire the world. I just forgot about all that. Wow. And in this moment, I go, oh my gosh, everything I've been doing my entire life led me to this point. And then I had to quickly reframe, figure out what the heck I was doing. And then it was, uh, there's a fun, funny story with my first guest. It's not a funny story. It was all inspired and God, God laid this out the whole time because so September of 2018 was when I called Tony September 11th of 2018. And for here in the US, uh, that's not a fun day for us. Yeah. But I wanted to reframe it because the second, you know, the second act of my life is going to be a great one. And I go, you know what? I'm still honoring it. I still remember it clear as day, but I'm going to make this a good day to remember in addition to honoring and remembering. And September 11th, about eight o'clock, I picked up the phone and I called Tony and I go, Hey, Tony, you, you remember January? He goes, yeah. I go, let's do it. He goes, seriously? And the story behind that is I had, again, been doing so much uh, public speaking and I've done done other radio shows in my book and this, that, the other thing. In January, I was on another radio show and I sent out an email again, promoting someone else's stuff. And I said, hey, join me at 11 o'clock. You know, uh, if you have any questions, you can call in. Well, I was advertising the radio show I was on, promoting their call-in number. You know, email me your question and I'll answer it live or I don't even know. However I worded the email, it basically sounded like, come on my show instead of call in and ask me the question. I don't even remember what it said, but Tony remailed. He goes, I'd be, I'd love to be on your show. And I had to reply back with, well, I appreciate that, but I don't have a show. I'm actually on someone else's. If you have any, again, another ex example, the whole thing was predicated on my own self-image and identity. Everyone had, you know, all the requests I got were, I love your events. I love this. And I, I just didn't see it for me. So when I, you know, I told him, I would love to, I'd be honored to have you on when I have my show. I don't know what that is, but I, I'll tell you what, you'll be the first guest. And that night I called him September 11th, 2018. He goes, let's do it. The next night we recorded something. And the second we were done, I texted another friend and I was like, hey, free up your calendar tomorrow. She's like, okay. <laughs> and uh, my, my good friend, uh, Melanie, she's episode two. And that's how it got started. Wow. Mario, I am just so impressed. And first off, I, I, I want to appreciate you uh, sharing this story. I, I really appreciate it. And so you've started, right? So EA interviews, expert, authority, fact, inspiration, transformation, success stories. There you go, my man. <laughs> I love that. So uh, that's huge. And um, I wanted to ask you about some of your early struggles when it came to, for example, interviews, and then we could dive a little bit deeper into video podcasting from a interviewer perspective. What were some of your struggles when it came to interviews? Just booking people. Um, one of the things I love about interviews, and I would probably never do it a hundred percent any other way, because while I, 
love answering the Q&As on some of my episodes and going into detail with my teachings and trainings on other ones. The whole reason I did this was to connect with other people because, you know, I think we're all this way. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we do enough for ourselves, but we bend over backwards for someone else. And I know I'm really good at helping others. And I, I, I didn't really care about myself too much. I mean, I think we all have a degree of five to 10 to 20, maybe worse than that on a normal day. But I was at a very, very low point. And I go, I don't even, you know, I don't even care. But for you, I'll bend over backwards and do everything possible in my power. So I just started reaching out to people and I was like, who are all the best people I know that if this is all I have left and it felt like nothing, I'm going to do everything I can. I I just was trying to hang on to a positive. And what I had was everything I had put my entire life into the last, I started my first company when I was 12. All I've done is business. All I know is how to help people. And I was like, and I, I went through my phone of other authors and speakers. I knew I had close to 4,000 names and numbers, private cell phones, emails, all kinds of stuff. And I was like, oh, all I got to do is reach out to them. So the struggle was just getting past my own crap. For me, it wasn't reaching out to the people. I will say there was a little bit of a struggle with that. I'll say that too, because don't think it's always going to be just a text message that's like, clear your schedule tomorrow night or you know, yeah. giving you a call or something, because the reality is there's some guests that will be on my show that already confirmed and it's been over a year now or, you know, even longer in some cases. And it's just, and I'll say this too: use that time. Let that time gap serve you, because there's some people I really wanted on the show. I put them on my list thinking they'd be great. And for whatever reason, they never made it. They never followed up. They never cared to reach out after I probably reached out a dozen times. And I'm not talking some A-list celebrity that I mean, this is friends of mine. And there's other people who I thought would be good that maybe I didn't know them so well. And then I just continued to watch them. And sure enough, two months later, they wig out some crazy stuff happens that I would have never expected. And I'm thinking, yeah, I would hate to have to pull an interview because they did something crazy. You know, you know what I mean? They're just like any uh, celebrity endorsement that, yeah, uh, whatever. It's like, this is your show, your name, your brand. And it's like, I'm very careful of uh, not careful, but I make sure everyone's qualified because I want to bring that to expert authority world. I'm not just going to put someone on there to fill the slot just to fill a slot. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's really, really important to... To have the people, the right people that you want to have on the show or the right fit for the podcast, right? So, for example, um, when it comes to interviews as well, like it's just really important that the guest fits the concept of the show. So first you have to know the audience that you're serving, right? And then if that person is a, is a good fit. So you've mentioned connection uh, a couple of times. Actually, that was... One of my biggest reasons for the podcast, because I wanted to connect with with others. So I was living in Germany, Austria, so I was moving around in the last couple of years. And uh, when I started Mindset Horizon, I somehow had this, you know, I think it's a core desire. So on the Mindset Horizon podcast, obviously, we talk a lot about personal development topics, but that's a core human need, the connection. So 
I think I was just craving that. And then I wanted to start something and the, the podcast, I wouldn't say the medium, but rather the format, the interview format was really appealing to me. I wanted to, you know, get in touch with others. And it's really interesting because I had someone else on the show and then she was talking about very much the same, that the entrepreneurial journey was very lonely to her and then she wanted to connect and that's why she started a podcast that's kind of like a deeper thing i i think at least for me it was yeah one of the greatest benefits is being able to connect with so many people and add value to them and also you have a, an asset and i want to make this very very clear from a business standpoint you are building an asset library these are not just episodes. They're not just recordings. And when you reframe it and you're thinking about this and treating it like a business, it's beyond comprehensible how big you can actually take this. The, you become the network. It is no different than ESPN or uh, Hallmark or Garden TV or uh, Comedy Central or any of those they are all in the business of making content, and so are we. The question is, can you create content good enough that has people begging for more? Most people mm -hmm. just think, I'll grab a microphone and say something. Oh, and it's just a show. And it's interesting because the people who don't invest in high-end microphones to treat it seriously, the artwork also doesn't match, the website doesn't match, and overall, it's just a lower-quality production. Well, uh, no mm -hmm. one's jumping out of the woodwork to go, wow, how do you be average? I'll throw in another hint that I just started recently. Uh, if you can figure out everyone's birthday, you can uh, say, hey, let's wish so-and-so a happy birthday every year. And it's another chance to re-promote the episode. Yeah, there's so many ways you can do to. It, it's not just a one-time thing. What can you do to, I, I was going to say, I was going to share one of the questions I ask on my show. And it, it's the one that everyone, no matter how big of a CEO or entrepreneur they are, there's one question you're going to mm -hmm. have to listen to figure it out. But there's one question I always ask. And I'd say majority of people go, wow, that is a really good question. And the truth is I just made it up just based on business experience. It wasn't some huge big thing that someone gave me i was just thinking what do i go over with my clients and what's going to serve the audience the most but it's what we're talking about right here and if you're treating everything short term those are the results you're going to get i was aiming a decade down the future that's a really really interesting topic so talking about question i was wondering about your interview flow so connected to your podcast like how did you come up with the interview flow or did you even structure it or how did you approach this topic when you started your podcast? So here's the thing. Uh, the best thing I can, if you get nothing else out, it's just do it, take some action and keep refining it because I, I'm, I'm, I'm smirking here because I, I, I give you so much credit for doing this and I know why you are. And I think it's great, but the reality is the show flow. It's not some deep altruistic thing. It's, I just thought about who, who I'd be serving, and uh, to be completely honest, uh, it was Tony. Tony was like, can you send me the interview questions? And I was like, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'll send them later tonight. And then I was like, well, I know what I'm doing tonight. I got to create some questions. And here's the crazy thing. 
I'm not going to date how many episodes I'm at now because it's going to change depending when you're listening to this. Evergreen, don't don't date yeah. too much in an interview. Um, but the thing is, I think I've 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 changed one word in one of them, maybe. And let's just say it's been a sufficient amount of time. It's not the top. It's not been less than 10 episodes. I'll just say that. So I've been thinking about it. And every time I do an interview, I'm like, man, maybe I should switch this up. But every time people keep going, even recently for this week's recordings, I go, they're like, wow, you asked some great questions. And I'm like, seriously, he's like, yeah, the questions were great. Some of the best I've ever heard ever. I go, are you, are you, you're not making a joke, are you? He's like, no, Tony Robbins talks about asking better questions. And that's why the interview is the best. I'm like, seriously, because I'm looking for any reason to change him up. And I'm like, how in the heck did I nail this before I literally day one? Well, I'd have to thank all the business experience and the hundreds of people I had helped to that point because everyone keeps asking the same questions. So I just integrated them into the show flow. Here's the deal. I I tell anyone listening, start with something, run it. You're going to gauge the feedback. If, If it's too easy of a question for people to answer, like everyone across the board, because there's some people who are just really skilled at interviews and there's nothing you're going to do to trip them up. But there's been some people that I'm I'm like, oh, this is going to be a breeze for them. And they still go, wow, that's a great question. And I'm like, wow, that one's never leaving. So you've mentioned uh, one question that you always ask. I, I don't think you've you've mentioned the question exactly. So what is the question? Oh, that's the one I was saying you have to listen to. I'll get I'll give you a hint. Uh on EA interviews, it's in my imperfect action round. And it's the third one. Oh, okay. 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 That's great. And um I wanted to ask you about your overarching, let's say so, host philosophy in terms of, you know, how do you try to behave as a host? Like what is your what is your <laughs> focus? Oh gosh. Uh I, I'd say less obnoxious than normal. <laughs> I, I've been getting real comfortable, let's just say, uh, the more time goes on, and I, I've even said it in some episodes where I'm like, okay, I, I, um, what's the next question? I got to focus here because we just, in truthfully, it's my goal every single time to get the VIP guests so relaxed that we're just having a conversation and I treat it like we're just out to dinner, having a good time and enjoying a good meal together. I don't want it so stuffy and so robotic that no one wants to hear it, you know, thousands of times. But there have been uh, plenty of times where I'm like, what am I supposed to be asking? What's the okay? So we're going to just move right along here. And I can tell we're just I do keep a show flow. I always make sure the questions get asked, but there's a many times I do audibles and I, I love diving deeper. I never go on to the next question. If I can know I can dive deeper just for the sake of going on to the next question. When you dive deeper, so that's actually, I think, a great point. So do you think of your audience that they might want to know even more? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the questions are the same. But when you're having a conversation in real life with someone, you know, the example I heard years ago was like you're at a backyard barbecue, you know, social media. Most people are like, hey, check out my thing, click here. And that's a billboard mentality. When you're going, hey, we're having a conversation like you and I are having now, well, I want to learn more. You've got plenty more questions for me, right? 
Well, when I answer one, that's going to spurl another question. But that's what learning is. You're supposed to be learning, and that's supposed to go deeper, and you're supposed to go to that next point. Can you imagine in school if you learned one thing which opened your, let's talk about marine biology or undersea creatures, and it's like, oh my gosh, there's stuff at the bottom of the ocean, not just the whales swimming at the top. And then you have a question about it. They're like, oh, you get to learn that next year. You know how horrible that would be? So why wouldn't you dive deeper? And the only reason I can consciously think of is you're you're really stuck on the time limit. If you know you've only got 17 minutes... I will say you need to know how to pull it back. But yes, yeah, some of the episodes are 25, 27, and others have gone 40, 45, 47. I kind of just threw that out because I heard early on, if someone's on a roll, let them roll. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I wanted to reflect a little bit on your video interviewing style. So that's a little bit different than others do it. So when it comes to interviews, what are some of the things you would recommend people you know focus on if they want to do video interviews uh personally you've i think you got to be a little insane because it's let's just say a fair <laughs> amount of more work and that is an understatement this is honestly relaxing as all get out for me because all i had to be concerned with was this was literally moving my boom arm to the mic over and hitting the uh link to join and i thank you because this i'm having a lot of fun but I'm like, okay, I seriously looked, because I'm in my studio that I film EA interviews uh, on, and I'm like, okay, what about the lights? What about this? What about that? What? Are, and I'm like, no, shut up, just relax. And I'm Because I have so many things I'm always concerned about, mm -hmm. but yeah. I did put systems in place. You do get comfortable. Uh, it, it, it's, it's more work. And there's people that are like, well, you don't need all that to do it. Well, you know, one of my favorite comedians, Chris Rock, says you can drive a car with your foot if you want to, but that don't make it a good idea. Yeah, you don't need lights for video, but I assure you it's not going to look as good. And I'll try to not make this a video podcasting masterclass, but the reality is you're going to play at whatever level you want. And I chose the highest, and I have no doubt that's why I've attracted some of the people with my show who I have. One of the greatest benefits is you know, you could see me laughing and smiling right now. And there's that it's as if you're in the room. There's people that it was surreal because I, I see them come in as, hey, so-and-so wants to be on your show. And I'm like, seriously, I remember watching them on TV a decade ago. Wow. <laughs> I, one awesome. of their shows, Secret Millionaire. And I'm like, well, this is going to be fun. And here's the thing. You might only get one chance for, you know, whoever. And I get to see him and hang out. And it's that I'm we're back to that. Hey, we're just chatting over dinner again. And now you're building that rapport 10 times faster. And there's been many people that even prior to the one of my book publishing clients, before we even started the interview, you're talking 12 to 14 minutes, maybe. And the only reason it went that long is because we're having such good back and forth rapport. I did not know this person prior to them joining the show. And within 12 minutes, we were on such a tangent talking about how they want to publish their business book and I can help them do it in eight weeks. There was a point where I go, let's schedule a call after this. We got to start recording. 
we weren't even doing the interview yet. So I, it was funny because I, there, there, there was for sure a degree of like, okay, let's just get this out of the way because they were more interested in like, you know what I mean? And there, there's so many people and opportunities that you, you'll find ways you can help them even further before, during, or after the interview. And I'd say that's the magic because it's about the connections, not just getting, you know, I nailed 31 out of 31 questions every single time. It's like, sometimes I've dropped a question because they answered it. You know, if you ask something and someone answers three of your next questions in one, I don't go back and be like, well, I didn't get to say, let me ask you this question. I just, you know, I have a gauge and, you know, it always turns out well when you, when you put the audience first. Absolutely. The reason why I ask you about this video aspect is because, you know, I think, I've tried out live streaming uh, in my private Facebook group, and I felt that I am more distracted. Oh, really? Yeah, because I'm focusing on, I'm looking at the guest, and I am making sure that everything is working. So obviously, I am, you know, just, I have been uh, recording audio only, which is, in that aspect, it's a little bit different because I have to, as you said, just pay attention that, you know, the microphone is set up. The recording platform is there, so I'm not, I'm less distracted. This is what I'm trying to say without video. Oh, yeah, there's far less to be concerned about. And it's kind of cool watching the waveform here on the screen on one of my monitors. Um, It would be cool to see you. And you have the facial cues and body language, this, that, the other thing. But without a doubt, you're concerned about every last little detail. My mentality going into every episode is I'm going to treat this as if I'm on stage in front of a thousand or 10,000 people, because the reality is it's going to be more than that. And everyone can still see you. I, the best thing I could tell you is do a lot of them quickly and realize where your eyes keep getting drawn to. So I'll take you through my, uh, my process. Would you like that? Yeah, absolutely. And I said, I don't know what I said. I'm I'm glad the recording caught it. But when I was like, oh, geez, that's I think that's what I said when you said live streaming, because there is a difference from pre-recording and doing a video podcast or video interview to live streaming it. You Mm -hmm. can pre-record and jack the whole thing up and edit the crap out of it and make it look magical. Live streaming, on the other hand. Wow, you're running in the top five to ten percent. You have to know what you're doing. It's all going to be there. You can't go back. You can't edit it. And honest to God truth, that's why I love it. Because there's none of that perfectionism that can, there's no chance it can even creep in and be like, oh, we got to, you know, tweak it even more. It's there. It's done. Deal with it. It's over with. The downside is every little problem is in there. So when I bring someone on, the monitor I'm looking at right now with the waveforms for our episode here. I see both of us. I tell them, I'm going to put you in the green room over here, and I have them off of my left peripheral on a different monitor. I mute them, and I start my launch sequence. I go through. I say hi to my uh, cinema team. I say, hey, Steve and Nick, we have another great guest here. It's Tibor Nagy. And then I do the clapboard. You could probably hear it. Yeah. And then I go through. I click the buttons. I check Facebook and the restreaming service. And okay, the lights are going good. At this point, I'm already recording because you can always edit it. And then I grab some water and I drink. I good and I like meditate for five seconds and just we're gonna be good. 
and then I go, okay, we're going to go live in three, two, and then I hit the live stream button. Actually, I cue the countdown video so it's playing, and then I hit live stream. And I did this intentionally because I have a 10-second countdown video along with the intro video because it buys me third. Well, one, it looks cool as heck. <laughs> Two, yeah, 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 it yeah. also buys me 30 to 45 seconds, maybe a minute or whatever, to just make sure it's all working. It's very difficult to hit live stream and then be like, okay, is the mic working? Is this working? Is this because that's all live? Depending on how quick your computer and platform go, there was one episode where I was choking on the water at it because I was so anxious to just hit the buttons. You know, I told you I'd do the clapper. I say hi to Steve and Nick and I drink the water. Well, I'd already hit live stream because I figured, oh, it takes four or five seconds. Well, on this day, Facebook and YouTube and everything and my brand new computer I had just built and designed must have not had any hiccups because within about one and a half seconds, not like the three seconds different is a whole lot. I was live and I was, I looked at it and it surprised me and I started choking and that was live. So I, I was thinking I really need to finish that countdown video at least to have 10 seconds. And here's the other thing. It lets the audience know, Hey, we're coming up here and it's real clean. Too many people when they're live streaming and when they're doing video, they're on the camera and they start going, you know, they're clicking around. Okay, the camera's on. Let's just look over here. Okay, well, there's only three people on, so I'll wait for the other 97 I'm expecting. You just lost them. You only have six to seven seconds. Do you ever see, com can, do you see commercials or TV shows going, okay, well, uh, you didn't get your popcorn yet or yell at your kids, so we're going to wait till it's a good time for you? No, you show up prepared and ready to go. Okay, so that was really helpful. Thanks for sharing that. So is there anything else? So in addition to showing up prepared, here's the beauty of it. Once you do this, maybe a dozen times or so, you'll get real comfortable. So when you were saying the li you know, live streaming, you found yourself distracted, you can if you don't get comfortable with the process. Once you are comfortable with the process, here's the last secret I'll share. Once I know everything is up and running, the recording is solid, the live stream is solid, I close it down. I don't turn off the recorder in my system, but what I do is minimize all the other windows, all the social media, all the whatever, and it's just me and the guest. And here's why. If the live stream drops, I don't care. The way I engineered my process, I'm streaming in HD on multiple outlets, and I'm recording the episode in 4K. So the audio is extremely high and the video is extremely high. And if we lose the feed for the live stream, I do not care. I sometimes, I don't think I've actually lost one. And there's been uh, times where Facebook just wasn't working or YouTube wasn't working. And I didn't care because I don't care. I just continued with the guest as normal and they didn't even know. And the main thing for me is giving the guest a first-class experience, making it memorable, and giving Expert Authority World the best interview I possibly can. So 
I started treating the live stream as the studio audience, as if we were on Saturday Night Live sitting there watching them or Jeopardy or whatever show you're into, watching them live. You know, you know, there's going to be stopping and going this and that, but you get to see the process. And I found that people like to see the behind the scenes and there's times the stuff is messed up and we're like, all right, we're going to have to redo this, but we just keep going and you get that momentum, even if something crazy happens. And if something crazy happens, you don't talk about it later in the interview because you're both professionals. You both realize it, but the audience doesn't need to. So there's a lot of benefits to the live streaming, including the extra publicity. But my mindset is I'm getting a good recording no matter what. The live stream is a bonus. Yeah, yeah. I totally get it. And I was just wondering because we had some technical issues while we were recording this. And did, did you have any kind of connection problem while, you know, video recording? Early on. And that's why you need to use a good system. Because they're, again, just like with audio, what kind of mic should I have? What kind of mixer should I have? Videos the same way and even worse, because you can literally get into Hollywood cinema stuff. Well, should I get a $30,000 camera or 60? None. You don't need that unless you're in a live studio where you're flying in guests. When I take my cinema team, and we're going on location like in Chicago and to uh, different places in New York, we have three cameras set up, 4K cameras, you know, Mole Richardson lights and flags and all kinds of stuff you'd see on a movie production set. I didn't want to deal with that every time I record an episode. So I wanted the quality, but I didn't want all the hassle. And so I created a way to do that. And it's been working extremely well. But yeah, there's um, always technical difficulties you have to account for. I check my system once a week um, just to make sure, that, you know, even software updates. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy stuff, but it takes one minute. And half the time I just turn on the recorder when I'm checking email or something and got music or a show playing on one of the other monitors. And it at least allows me to go, hey, I have a, a day or two buffer. You know, whenever you want to record it, depending on your schedule, it gives me a buffer time to go, hey, maybe I need to go buy a camera tonight or go check the Internet connection or update nine times out of 10. It's update the software. But if there there was a time where I go, I need to buy a new computer. Well, if you don't give yourself any time, you shouldn't be as far as being the host. You shouldn't be trying to figure anything out while the guest may be waiting or is about to be waiting. At that point, you've lost it. You have 168 hours a week to do testing, even if you only record one episode a week for an hour. Okay, you have 167. When it comes time to record, you need to be prepared. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I was just wondering, what do do you use for for recording? So what is the program? It's, It's called Wirecast Pro. And there's a lot I I have, you know, I, I can make sure that uh, your audience has a link to, I, I made an entire page with everything I'm using. Um, you can put it into the show notes. It's eainterviews.com forward slash equipment. And the main software is Wirecast Pro. And that's how I can record and also stream simultaneously. I will say you do need hardware that supports it. You do want a good mic. I also incorporate Zoom, because Zoom is infinitely easy to bring people in on video. 
So that's where I put them on a separate monitor and then I pipe them into the other software a certain way. There's other stuff I've tried. Nothing else has worked or it's, it's not profitable because there's other services. There's a ton of services out there, truthfully. And now as time goes on, more and more are offering a video option. Wirecast got started in 2004. Live streaming is nothing new. They've been doing it for the Olympics for 30, 40, 50 years, ever since TV. So my whole thing from the professional production is I didn't want to be in a point where I'm waiting on some company to be offering something that someone else already has available. And even if they did launch it in somewhat short time frame, there's no testing. There's no case studies. Again, with that whole mindset of when I have someone on the show, I have 167 hours a week to be testing. I need to know it's going to work in a production pipeline. I don't want to be a part of the beta test case study in this scenario. I've ran my own beta test for my own software to build WordPress websites automatically, but this is not the time to be doing it. So I wanted something that was going to be production ready. And from a profitability standpoint, uh, it just makes sense also because every other option that's nowhere near as good is some ongoing subscription until the cows come home. Well, extrapolate that out over five or 10 years, and it's costing you a lot to be doing something you could be doing far better for far cheaper. Wow, Mario, I really appreciate you sharing this. This is video interview mastery <laughs> 2.0. Oh, I'm just scratching the surface. I'm I'm doing everything I can to keep it short, but I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna truncate the answer because I, I I always want to set expectations and I want you to have the end result that I'm able to achieve. Yeah, yeah. I I, I feel like my my studio is kind of like <laughs> on a low level, like you know, just the microphone. <laughs> You know what? The first 30 some 50 some episodes of my show, you know, you can joke about it, but I don't take it lightly. Don't take it for granted because it's going to be a fun time because, you know, whether you want to do it or not, you have the option. But I look back on uh, some of those episodes, you know, that's where I started and I just ran with what I had. There's nothing wrong with it. If you can get started, I, I always advise everyone, if you just can get started at the highest level, get started. But if you can't, get started and you have and uh, you have a great show you have multiple shows and you're doing a great job with it so uh you know it's fun to joke about but you know what give your give yourself credit because it's impressive what you've done thank you so much one thing i've i've focused on was the microphone so i have this audio technical atr 2100 it's not the x yet it's the former version but um i just wanted to make sure i have a good microphone and then basically that was it. And Zencaster is the platform that I have been using to conduct interviews just for the listeners. So I chose Zencaster because of the audio quality. So that was just my focus. I will say this. I've never uh, used it for my own show um, because uh, mine isn't audio only. I got to say, I really like it. It's pretty cool watching the waveform here and the audio quality is exceptional. Yeah, it is. And then there's a post-production or automatic post-production feature. So if you don't want to deal with, you know, if you don't know how to do post-production or how to make the quality better of an audio, you can just basically use this and run this post-production feature 
and then it gets the audio better and then you can download the wave or mp3 file it's separated uh mario we are wrapping up here for today we talked about a lot of things which is great uh, i wanted to ask you about resources for the listeners so maybe a book or a podcast host or interviewer you would recommend to the listeners to read or listen to to become better hosts or interviewers you know what this one is probably one you've never heard before cool <laughs> and it's going to help you in all areas of your life you will become a better person and a better uh, show host it's called hung by the tongue and it talks about uh speaking what most people don't do right whether it's business or personal or a show or whatever and it's what i was alluding to earlier on it's like well i'm not doing this right i'm not doing that right it's like you know i wish i had more people on the show i wish i had a better microphone you're just putting death out there literally you're hung by the tongue and it's by francis p martin and it's a very quick read it's it's less than 100 pages it's like 88 or 90 or whatever but it's like it's one of the most impactful books I've ever read because one, it's not 300 pages. Two, it's so powerful because you can design what you want. Before I started the show, I go, I'm going to get past a thousand episodes. I wasn't like, well, what if, what if I have something weird happen around episode 10 or 11? Should I make it to 20? So many people have this approach and it's why they struggled to make it to 50 or 100 or even past that. When you're going, hey, it's just another day, it's another week. I mean, I've gotten so comfortable with it. I was like, holy smokes, we're about to break a new milestone. And I'm not going to tell you which one it is because this is evergreen. But I was like, wow, really? Already? Because I got so comfortable doing it, I forgot. I'll, I, I can say this. I will forgot. I forgot the previous hundred episodes. Mm -hmm. wow. And I was like, whoa, I remember when I was just trying to get to 10 and then I remember 50 and then a hundred. And I was just like, I, if I can just get past this one point and now I'm just smoking all of them running laps and it's like, oh, there's another hundred that got added and now we're at this milestone. And it's like, huh, nice. Okay. So who's on the docket for next week? That's awesome. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that uh, book. Pretty amazing. And uh, I want to make sure that the listeners can get in touch with you. So what's the best way to connect with you? Perfect. EAinterviews.com. Simple, guys. <laughs> can I add one more strategy tip in there? Because I feel like there's 45 more seconds that, that you, you might want for your show. But here's the deal. I, I actually need to redo my thing to encourage everyone to stop saying 945 different things. Well, you can catch me here and here and here and here. And here. I, I, I don't care. I, I can run a Google search and get all those answers. Where's the number one place I should be going to? Yeah, exactly. EAinterviews.com. Make it clear, concise, and whether you're doing a marketing piece, a show, a book, or whatever, you want a headline, uh, an attention-grabbing headline, a sub-headline, some benefits, and a single call to action. EAinterviews.com. Inspiration, transformation, success stories. You got it. <laughs> I love that, man. I love that. So um, my last question would be, what is your mission? And what is your future vision for your podcast? 
Oh, you're ending this on a high note, and I like that because I was actually thinking about it, and for whatever reason, I didn't mention it earlier in the uh, when you're asking me how all this came to be. What I will achieve with expert authority effect interviews is to exponentially elevate the identity of humanity. I'm going to connect the world. I love that. Actually, it resonates a lot with Mindset Horizon. I think there were uh, different topics or several topics that were overlapping with with you know what I do with with Mindset Horizon. I would say I have less business topics, but you know, mindset, personal development, transformation. Mario, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been huge. Pleasure's mine, Tibor. I appreciate you joining us for this episode of the podcast interview mastery show. If you feel inspired to hang out with other like-minded podcasters, make sure to join the podcast interview nation community at mindsethorizon.com forward slash interview nation. If you want to check out the details, show notes, book recommendations, interview tips, and free resources, please make sure to head over to our website, mindsethorizon.com forward slash interview. I really hope this episode's been highly valuable to you. I will catch you next time. And until then, be world class, my friend.